You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Cassidy Bird. Cassidy is VP of Marketing at Databook, which is a strategic relationship management platform. Cassidy, hello and welcome. Hello, happy to be here. So tell us just a little bit about yourself before we dive into our topic, just you know how you got to where you are today in marketing. Yeah, I started my career in startups and kind of kept that trajectory going. Because I've always been on small teams, I've had to wear a lot of hats, doing a little bit of everything. And over time, that led me in different directions, but ultimately landed at Databook, which serves the sales and marketing ecosystem, because I was just very passionate about the product and what we're doing. Okay, very cool. So our topic today, and we're just, we're going to dive right into it without any further ado, as they say, our topic is the value that content marketers can get from financial data. And I think that's really interesting because I struggle with that stuff personally. I'm not a professional marketer, so, you know, but I, I can like look at charts and financial data. I'm just like, what? You know, I don't even know what I'm looking at, even though, you know, like there's a lot of, this is probably pretty important, you know, if it's like for your own finances or whatever. But so why, what value do you see there? Like, why should marketers be looking at financial data? What kind of insights can you mine from that stuff? Absolutely. I think particularly as you think about the B2B space, we're in the business of telling stories and stories that matter to our audience. And so when you're selling to a business, every story starts and ends with something related to finances. Every business is trying to grow they're trying to improve shareholder return or profitability of their private company. So every, every, ultimately every different solution that you are providing needs to level up to some sort of business value that ultimately shows up on a financial report. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes perfectly good sense. So, so what kind of, so let's, let's get specific for your team. What kind of financial data are you looking for? Where do you find it? Yeah, well, let's just start there. Yeah, so we are in a targeted account market. So we sell to enterprises. I think this is particularly resonant for enterprise marketers that are selling to a small number of companies. That data, financial data, is readily available in a number of different filings, like a Form 10K or a Form 10Q. The difference is one is annual and one is quarterly. Um, and particularly, the things that you can find in those documents can tell you a lot about their business. So when you're thinking about how you create content and how you market to somebody, ultimately, you want to identify how can you be as relevant as possible. And that goes beyond the traditional personas or assumptions mm. about the market that you can learn through media. You need to be creating your own stories. And so when you look through those documents on an aggregate level, say maybe you choose 10 companies in a particular industry, you can start to identify trends. So maybe in the subscription industry, they're having a problem with, with SG&A or efficiency and delivery. That can start to tell you what types of topics those 
businesses might be interested in exploring from a use case perspective. What are things that you do as a marketer, your business, that solve for that type of efficiency gain? Okay. There's also strategic priorities that are mm -hmm. passed down from the corporate level. All exist within those documents. Okay. So when you're looking at, let, let's get even more specific with an example. So, and, and maybe draw this, draw from something you guys have actually worked on. When you're looking at a given document or set of documents, what specifically are you looking for? Like what's in those documents? And as a marketer, what's sparking for you? Like, what are you looking for? Yeah. So particularly, for example, if you're marketing to an industry, so say we're marketing to retail because I've marketed to retail mm -hmm. a lot, lot in my career. One of the things that's available is you can usually look at the financials by business segment. So you can start to understand maybe you're targeting Walmart, but you can understand that, hey, their subscription service business for their delivery unit is the one that's growing the most, but making the least amount of money. So mm -hmm. maybe you want to identify how do you speak to how retailers like Walmart, big box retailers, can improve efficiencies while still maintaining that customer service expectation that is causing their subscription service to grow rapidly. Okay. Does that make sense? In, yeah, no, it, that does make sense. And so, and, and like how, when you look at these documents, is that sort of readily apparent or do you need to teach yourself how to read these documents? It's definitely a learned skill, but it's a skill okay. that you can very quickly pick up with practice. So the more you read them, they follow a pretty standard format. And once you understand the terms that you're looking at, so there is a, a baseline level of, I'd say, business acumen that's required. Okay. You need to understand what does SG&A mean, for, for example, and how does that matter in, in the broader business context. But once you understand those things, it's pretty easy to identify, okay, here's, here's that piece of data. Here's mm -hmm. what this, these numbers are telling me. And then start to think about how you can go use them yourself. Okay. And this, this data is all just out there in the public, right? It's readily, you don't have to buy it. It's just, these are publicly traded companies. Okay. So yep. sticking with this example that you just gave us, so you notice that for Walmart, before you say, aha, okay, this is a thing we need to create content around it. Do you want to, are you looking at other companies too, to see like, is this something that other companies or is just Walmart alone enough? Cause they're so big to say like, okay, let's, let's move. Let's create content. Yeah. I think it depends on what your content strategy is. So yeah. in some cases as content marketers, we're creating very bespoke content geared towards very specific companies in support of our sales team. In that case, looking at one company that is the target and possibly their peer group which, by the way, their competitors are also named in these documents. So you mm. know who is Walmart comparing themselves to. The, the, so you can start there for very bespoke types of content. But if you want to level up to an industry level, you might take a look at a handful of companies across the board and start to look for what are trends that I'm seeing in terms of keywords, what things are popping up. And you can search these documents even for your keywords. So if personalization is something that your is a use case that your business sells, you can search these documents for 
instances of the word personalization mm. or search the CEO's name to understand, hey, what is the CEO actually talking about? And mm -hmm. is personalization relevant to what that CEO happens to care about? Okay. And ultimately, that matters because the higher you go in the executive chain, the more access to budget and the more access mm -hmm. to capital allocation, meaning when there's not a defined budget, but they go make budget <laughs> for uh -huh. something, which right now, because CFOs are cutting budgets across the board, yeah. pretty much every, every business needs to be thinking about how do I go create money or create a desire mm -hmm. to spend here where there is going to be friction and a desire right. not to spend. Right. Okay. Where do you find these documents, by the way? They're usually listed in, in the news section or, you know, every company will publish them. You can also just Google. You can Google okay. Walmart 10K and search okay. by most recent and they'll usually populate. Okay. So again, sticking with this example, you notice that Walmart is, I, I don't remember exactly what you said, but right there, they're not making as much money as, as they want in this fast growing thing that they're doing. So what do you do with that then? How would, how do you turn that into content? What kind of content? Yeah. So ultimately you need to tie it back to your business and what you're selling because that's, you know, while we do want to focus on our customers and speak our customers language, we also have a job to do, which is to sell things. And so understanding what your company delivers, not in terms of the products, but in terms of use cases. And what those use cases values are. So if you're selling a personalization suite and the value is that it increases revenue by, you know, helping you to gear a more relevant message towards your audience, whatever it may be. In the case of Walmart, it might be allowing you to create a more personal connection with customers and therefore lifetime value of those customers increases. That ultimately rolls up to revenue. Once you understand that and understand those use cases, you can start to think through in the case of, of the Walmart subscription business, say, you know, it's they're growing really rapidly, but they're not making, they're not very efficient in terms of their delivery. You can start to think about what are pieces of content that I could create that speak back to that use case of personalization that's focused on lifetime value. Because ultimately, when you drive more value with a single customer, your acquisition costs go down and the cost of delivery goes down. So you become a more efficient revenue growth model. So you might target a message or a blog post or a white paper around how subscription businesses can utilize personalization to grow customer lifetime value. And those are, you know, there's going to be usually 100 different topic spinoffs that could come from that at different yeah. levels. But you want to create content that speaks to both the individual person who's going to care about buying the product and their boss and their boss's boss mm -hmm. is going to need to yeah. sign off on it. Okay. Wow. I mean, this sounds like if you do this the right way, it could be a really powerful strategy. Like you said, beyond personage, I mean, you're, sounds like, you know, you're discovering really important pain points that are right there in the numbers that. You, unless you looked at that data, you just maybe wouldn't even know. Absolutely. You know, I, I like to equate it to there was that viral 
thing a few years ago where it was like, if you ask somebody these 11 questions, they'll fall in love. And, you know, the, the rationale behind that was if you know very intimate things about somebody, you create connection and you create a relationship. In a business context, their financials and their strategic priorities, that is the intimate information. Yeah. You already go in knowing and demonstrating that you understand their business. And therefore, you're looked at as a more trustworthy source. And right now, businesses have any information they want on any different type of product. What they're looking for is trust. Who can they trust mm -hmm. and what source can they trust? Yeah. So if you can go in already demonstrating, like, we, we know the inner workings of your business. We've studied them. And here's what we recommend. I mean, yeah, that can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So wrapping up a little bit, what's the main takeaway for marketing teams that want to start doing this? Yeah, I think there's no silver bullet. So I think step one is, like I mentioned before, starting to understand and prioritizing learning about financial business terms so that you know how to understand these documents. And then step two is making sure that as you're building out your sources for your content strategy or your content plan and your themes, that you're not just looking to your sales team to tell you what customers are talking about. You're actually going out there and finding it yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Cassidy, great stuff. And really just one final question, and that is how can people contact you? Feel free to reach out to me. My LinkedIn is Cassidy Bird at Databook. My email is Cassidy.bird at TryDatabook.com. Happy to network, give advice, mentorship, whatever, whatever is helpful to the community. Great. Well, that's awesome. And we encourage folks to reach out. We'll put your LinkedIn, uh, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all your insights. Really good stuff. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.